raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Nine o'clock hour underway on a Monday. Jake Query, Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton joining us now on the Payless Liquors Hotline. We had talked about the fact that Jarris Walker, the first-round pick of the Indiana Pacers, began his high school career at Susquehannock High School, I think I'm saying that correctly, in Pennsylvania as a freshman, before going to the IMG Basketball Academy in Bradenton, Florida. The director of that basketball program at IMG Academy joins us now on the program, Brian Nash, to talk about Walker, among other subjects, I would assume. But Brian, first off, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, I want to begin with this. Um, give me a story about Jarris Walker. You know, you he was down there for more than just, you know, some guys maybe just come for a year. I, I don't know how it works at IMG, but you were around him a fair amount, and you saw him probably develop not only as a player, but as a young man over the course of the time that, that he was in Florida. Give me a story about him that you feel illuminates the kind of maybe person as well as player that Indiana is getting. Yeah, we were fortunate to have him, like you said, for four years. Uh, you know, in, in this world nowadays, sometimes you're getting these players for one, two years max. And, you know, for him, the, he, he was really the first four-year player that we had here and on our national team at, at that elite level. Um, there's, there's one story that kind of stands out his freshman year. Um, you know, his mom and dad, Horace and Marcia, are incredible people and just – you know, they, they did a great job raising him. And, you know, I think they had some reservations, maybe sending a freshman down here to, to, to a boarding school the, the first year. And, you know, I think it was maybe the third or fourth week of school. And, you know, Jarris, you know, as a 15-year-old as a at that time, um, got in a little trouble in the dorm. Like, nothing crazy, but just, you know, be, being a kid in the dorm. And um, Horace called us and said, hey, you know what, I don't know if this is the place for my son because my son doesn't do things like this. And he, he was basically saying, ah, I, I might pull him out of school. So um, I think that story kind of goes back and relates to the character. And, and I mean, Jarris is a great player, but I think he's been super successful over time because he has great character and he comes from a great family with great stock who've done a great job in, in having him be an all-around person. Okay, Brian Nash with us, the IMG Academy Director of Basketball. Obviously, Jarris Walker spent quite a bit of time down there in Florida before going to Houston for a season to play for Kelvin Sampson and then becoming uh, the eighth overall pick for the Pacers last week. Brian, do you remember your first impressions of Jarris on the floor? Uh, I know there was a little bit of point guard background. I'm sure physically he's always been one that stood out, just kind of, hey, I want that guy coming off the bus first for us. But do you remember your initial reaction to watching him on the floor and maybe how he grew over his time at IMG? Yeah, I mean, when he walked in here, we thought he was Larry Johnson. I mean, just for, for him to have that much size and to be as big as he was as a, you know, a 14, 15-year-old, it was, it was kind of incredible. Uh, you know, you, you don't see that too much. And the team that he came in on his freshman year, I mean, he's got three guys that are in the NBA right now. So, you know, he, he was coming in and, and he really had to fit in, had to, you know, earn everything that he had. And, you know, I, I think Jarrett, the best way to describe him over over the course of you know his development and what he is now, I mean, he's like a Swiss Army knife. I mean, he can just do a bunch of different things. He's you know he's not great at one things, but 
but he's a great defender. He buys into defense. Um, you know, he's a great rebounder. And then offensively, I don't think he gets enough credit because he can score in a lot of different ways. He's become a much better perimeter shooter. Um, you know, he, he can be a mismatch guy where he can, you know, exploit guys inside or outside, depending on who's guarding him. Um, but, but again, I think, you know, early on, just the fact that, you know, his size was so big. I mean, it was intimidating to other people. And, and uh, for him to come into that environment right away his freshman year and, and, and have that much success was a credit to him. Brian, the defensive rebounding issue for the Pacers has been pretty well documented here in this market over the past few years. So obviously that was a major attraction for Indiana and Jairus Walker. Was that always ingrained in him? Was there always a defensive presence? I mean, I, I don't know many five-stars are just like, oh, yeah, I'll go play for Kelvin Sampson. <laughs> that would strike me as right, a pretty right. intimidating, pretty, pretty defensive-focused mindset. Was that always there with Jairus? I think we expected uh, our, our head coach who coaches our national team, Sean McElwain, does a really, really good job defensively. So I feel like our kids get a, a really good base um, in, in regards to, you know, coverages and understanding, you know, how, how to take people out of things. So and then an expectation to, to play, play defense at a high level, because if you don't, you're probably not going to play as much as you want to play. And then, uh, you know, as, as you said, I, so I think he had a good base going in and then going to play for Coach Sampson, who's, you know, old school and tough and, and demanding. Um, you know, we've heard some things about, you know, the practices that they have. And, uh, you know, again, I, I think to your point, Jarris has a mindset of, you know, he's not a, not a prima donna and he's got to get all of his shots and he's just a team player and he wants to win. So, um, you know, de- defense and rebounding are usually the things that, um, if you do well as a freshman in college, you, you get more minutes. So uh, I think that's definitely in his DNA. Brian Nash is our guest on the Payless Sickers Hotline. He is the basketball director for the IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida, where Jarris Walker played. Brian, I was talking about this earlier, and I wanted you to, to, well, certainly correct me if I'm wrong on it, and if it's accurate, you kind of add to it. One of the things I think that is advantageous about Walker's situation as he comes to the Pacers, you know, we know they have Tyrese Halliburton. We know they have Benedict Matherin. The the offense is not going to flow through Walker. He is going to be asked to be a a piece that does other things. And many players in the NBA come into the NBA. They were the best player in the history of their high school. They were the, the leading scorer in the history of their middle school, high school, freshman year college, et cetera, et cetera. He strikes me as a guy that has the mentality of, I'm going to do the other things necessary to help my team win because he played for the better part of his high school career with guys that were the straw mixing the drink, and he was not. A, is that a fair assessment? And B, did you have to, does a player have to learn that, or did he naturally have that kind of a mentality? Yeah, 100%. I, I think that's a great way to categorize him. Uh, so, but like I said, freshman year, he came in and, and really earned minutes with three other guys that were really successful college players, NBA guys, because of his hard work and, and just doing what coach wanted. You know, as players progress, his sophomore and junior year, like anybody, you know, he played a lot inside his freshman year and, um, you, know, you want to develop your game. You want to work on your perimeter handling. You want to work on your perimeter shooting. And you know, he struggled a little bit in his sophomore and junior years because you know you, you want to transition to a guard, and that's not necessarily what you are. And sometimes I think you need to 
go through that process and struggle a little bit to find out who you are and like what the best version of yourself is. And I think that sophomore junior year helped Jarris realize a little bit that come senior year, um, to your point, he he had to play the five primarily for us, and I don't think that was something that he definitely wanted to do. But guess what? That was where he was going to be the most successful for our team to win. It's what coach needed him. It's the position coach needed him to play. So I think you hit it on the head. I mean, he's just a selfless person, and the ego that you see in a lot of these younger players that are highly successful at a young age, I mean, He's just a special, special person and has special character. What is an area of his game that he – because I think of him as like bulldog defender, you, you know, can hit the boards obviously. Give me an area of Jarris Walker's game where he has not been given enough credit that could perhaps even further blossom at the NBA level. Yeah, I think he can – you know, I know you said earlier that, you know, people aren't going to play through him. Like, I mean, I, I think you can play through him because – he, you know, he can he can put the ball on the floor and he can make plays. I mean, he's a he's a really good straight line driver. He's got good speed. He knows angles, how to get to the rim. Um, he's a good passer uh, when he's making plays off the dribble. And then, you know, he's improved his shooting a lot. I mean, if you look at his form and how it's how it's changed over the course of you know the last two years and. He's put a lot of time into it, and you know he's, he's a you know in the NBA you have to be a serviceable shooter in order to play to get on the floor the way the game is right now. So um, I, I definitely think that you know consistency in his perimeter shooting has gotten a lot better. Again, Brian Nash is with us. He is the director of basketball down at IMG. Brian, I've played the golf course down there. You guys got a nice golf course at the IMG Academy. <laughs> yeah, there's a few good ones down here. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, a few out of my price range. IMG was actually decently affordable for my brother and I. Um, I did want to get to Zach Eady, if you don't mind, in just a second, but one more on the Jairus Walker front. Uh, Personality-wise, I know you hit on this a little bit earlier. Um, youngest of three sisters. You talked about his parents. Again, you, guys I just don't think that are going to be top ten picks willingly sign up and play for, for, for Kelvin Sampson like that. How would you describe Walker off the floor? Carlisle told a great story on Friday about how – after the press conference, before um, Jairus Walker and Ben Shepard flew back to their respective cities, Jairus asked Rick, "Hey, you care if I get a workout in before uh, you know before we hit the plane?" Um, how would you describe Jairus Walker from a personality standpoint? Yeah, he's a he's a soft-spoken young man. Uh, you know, again, I think, and that's the respectful piece of how he was raised. But he's also, I mean, he he was kind of a team comedian. He he was that guy that. Uh, you know, you, you didn't you wouldn't expect it from him, but as you know, as he got more comfortable in the program and he got more comfortable around people, he's got a you know, he's got a very he's got a joking side to him too that I think uh, you know, people really don't understand. But uh again, overall just uh you know, just a, a high quality person and I mean he he's the first four year player that we said we had here, so you know, the just the, the, the amount of time that we were able to spend around him and to see his growth was it's just, it's just really rewarding. And I hope I'm not catching you too off guard with this, but obviously in this market, Zach Eady, um, pretty big name, and I know he won't be in the draft until next year. Didn't spend as much time down at IMG as Jairus Walker, but uh, what can you tell us about what let Zach, what led Zach to IMG? And obviously, uh, pretty remarkable growth into being one of the more dominant players college basketball has seen in quite some time. 
Yeah, his his story is incredible. I mean, I don't think anybody could have ever predicted the the, the way it's escalated and elevated. Um, you know, Zach Zach had uh, I had coached in college for 25 years before I got here, and one of my former players was an AAU coach up in Canada, and he was actually coaching Zach and said, "Hey, I got this big kid. Uh, you know, I'd love for you to take a look at him." and Zach ended up coming down to campus for Under Armour had uh, like, like an elite. So some of their better players on their grassroots circuit came down IMG for for a long weekend. They wanted to kind of take care of them and put them in a in a good environment against the other competitive players. And Zach came down, and you know we we, we just we had a vision. We, we said, hey, I mean this kid is huge. He's got good hands. He's got good feet, and um, let's let let's take a shot on him. And you know came down for his junior year first. He didn't play on our national team. Because um, we wanted to get him more reps and we wanted to get him playing time to develop, and then you know senior year played on our national team and you know had a had, had a really good year. But like, again, I don't think anybody could predict you know the the trajectory of where he's gone now. Last question for me, Brian. Brian Nash is our guest. He is the basketball director at IMG Academy. IMG is one of those, Brian, you know, I'm 50 and I remember, I, I guess I won't say the names of them because I don't want to like mention competitors, I guess. But, you know, when I was a kid in high school, there were a couple of basketball academies that occasionally, not occasionally, but each year there'd be one or two like five star type players that were coming out of uh, areas like in the Virginia area. IMG in the last probably decade, I think, has become ubiquitous amongst conversation in football and basketball recruits. Can you tell me a little bit about IMG itself? Because for whatever reason, I was under the assumption that it was just like a almost like a workout facility. But this is an actual prep school for for regular students and student athletes, or is it a sports based prep school? It's a it's a sport based boarding school. We'll we'll have about fifteen hundred students this year in nine sports. Where we're just adding volleyball for the fall, um, and every one of our every one of our students here plays a sport. We, we don't have any students or just regular students. So it's really a, it's really a unique environment. Um, you have a culture here where everybody is driven. Everybody is on the same path. I mean, it's uh, it, it's, it's a developmental Academy where we're, we're getting kids better. What we're, it's a holistic approach as well too, because we deal with leadership, mental conditioning, the nutrition side, the sports science side. Um, I mean, we know everybody comes here because they love their, they love their sport, but you know, the, the, the additional on top things that we provide for the kids are, you know, you just really can't get those anywhere else. Well, can a student go there, for example, a basketball player, can, can you mm-hmm. go to IMG Academy to take the basketball uh, approach to it and yet still not be on the team that is representing IMG. Does that make sense what I'm asking? So we'll have to give you scope. Well, we had 18 basketball teams this past year. We start at middle school and we go all the way up to post-grad and we have multiple teams gotcha. at each age, le- each age level for, for developmental purposes. Um, you know, our, our most competitive players are on our national teams, which put them in an environment to play against the, the, the most competitive players and the most competitive schedule. And then we also have, you know, some players who are a little later evolving and, you know, they need a little bit more development. So the, the, the model that we have across the board at the academy is pretty, you know, it, it's pretty unique from that standpoint because everybody makes a team and everybody's able to, to get put in the right position for their development. And you guys had Jet Howard get drafted as well, Brian. Wasn't there somebody else? 
Yeah, we had uh, we had three in the top sixteen this year with uh, Jarris, Keontae George, and Jet Howard. So uh, it, it was uh, it, it was a good it was a great year for for the Ascenders. Quite quite impressive. It's a beautiful campus. Again, I've been down there. The golf course is right there as well. It's a great area, and obviously the product and the results speak for itself. Three in the top sixteen is darn impressive. Brian, um, enjoy the rest of your summer. Appreciate you hopping on with us, giving a little bit of insight into uh, into Jarris Walker. Thank you. No, thanks. You got a great one, and next time you're down here, please uh, please give me a call. Stop by. Will do. Thank you, Brian. All right. Thanks, guys. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.